Hey, it's Avishak, and you're listening to the Stop Being Confused About Health podcast, where our goal is to discover the deepest truths about health, bust myths, connect to nature, and figure out what kind of ice cream we're allowed to eat. So I hope your curiosity is as strong as my sweet tooth, because there are a ton of questions to be asking. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, so this is episode two of the show. Welcome, everyone. So if you're on YouTube, you're probably really confused. What show am I talking about? Well, I just started the Stop Being Confused About Health podcast. So there are two episodes so far on iTunes, but moving forward, we're going to have a guest every single week on the show. So that being said, um, as you know, stress management is a really important part of maintaining your health. And for me personally, uh, stress management is my top priority because I myself have been recovering from adrenal fatigue, overtraining, and just years of being in the sympathetic state of dominance. And that's why I invited Kirsten to the show today. So I'm really excited to have her on. So Kirsten Kimura is a hypothalamic amenorrhea and overtraining coach. And that's awesome because I've never met someone who focuses on this situation. So her story is one that I think a lot of people will relate to because for her, it all started with a passion for health and fitness that quickly turned into an obsession. And from there, she developed overtraining and developed hormonal imbalances, which led to a decade of chronic illness. So for 10 years, she had hypothalamic amenorrhea or not having your period. She also had insomnia, chronic fatigue, constipation, as well as brain fog. Since then, she has recovered all her symptoms and is passionate about teaching other women how to do the same. So without further ado, let's welcome Kirsten to the show. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. So before I get started, I always like to define my terms. Could we just clarify what exactly is hypothalamic amenorrhea? Mm -hmm. So put it simply, hypothalamic amenorrhea is loss of period that happens due to overtraining, undereating, and too much stress, physical, emotional, mental. And um, when that happens, our body stops functioning. If we have too much pressure on our bodies and we, if we demand more than it can handle, then uh, our body is going to shut down some of the functions that are not necessary for our survival and reproduction is not one of them. And um, our body sees that as not significant and we're not getting our periods. That's how it happens to put it really simply. That makes a lot of sense. So what I'm assuming that happened to you, how exactly did you get hypothalamic amenorrhea? Yeah, it totally happened to me and I didn't know for a long time that I have it. So it started for me when I was 21 years old and I'm 33 now, so 12 years ago. And I had already, you know, always been pretty active and fit girl. But then I started college and after second year, I had become much less active than I was before. So I got my first car, I was like driving more and I also worked at restaurants. So I had quickly put on weight and it was about 30 pounds or roughly 15 kilos because I was in Europe back then. So, uh, and I was really ashamed of myself. I was like, this is terrible. I've always been so active, so lean, so fit. And now I was like, what, who's that? Who am I? 
And so I really wanted to lose that weight. And uh, I joined Weight Watchers. I picked up running. I mean, I was active before, but I started running even more. And it got really obsessive. So I remember really meticulously counting my Weight Watchers points. If anyone has done Weight Watchers before, they know that there's this specific um, point system. You can eat like X amount of points to lose weight. But I always made sure to eat less than that. And I also started running a lot first, maybe four days a week, but then it could turn into six days a week, at least an hour every single day. And a lot of times, first thing in the morning without eating anything. And... Um, so I lost all the weight, so I got to my goal, but I also lost my period. I also lost my sleep. Uh, I, was, I was tired all the time, but I had this body that I was really proud of. You know, People around me told me that, you know, you're too, too skinny, too small, you should eat more. I was like, you're just all jealous, so I, I don't care. And so, yeah, I had also lost my period. I saw a couple of doctors for it. They had no answers. They ran all kinds of tests, and I think I saw maybe four doctors and only one of them ever mentioned that, you know what, maybe you should run a little bit less. But I was really body obsessed back then. And even she wasn't sure that this is the issue because on the BMI scale, I was totally normal, right? I was not underweight. And so I just, you know, let go because nobody had the answer. And I kept running and under eating for a good seven, eight years. And I also started getting, getting really bad binge eating episodes because when you are in a caloric restriction, at some point you want to overeat because your body just can't handle the starvation any longer. So it's a totally natural response. People are sometimes surprised. Why do I binge? I'm like, because you're under eating. So the entire time I didn't get my period. Um, as I said, my sleep was really bad. I started getting really bad constipation and general brain fog. And then I moved to the United States. When was that now? 2000. 12 or 13 and my life totally changed in that I started meeting so many new people I explored the country I did all kinds of fun things we went out for wine and pizza and then I gained some weight and all of a sudden I got one period I was like what's that this is weird because everybody has told me that you're probably not gonna get it back anyway and I didn't even know that it was a problem but then I was like hey where did that come from so then the time came to go back to Estonia, where I'm from. And again, I was so obsessed with losing the weight because we have this story that everybody who goes to the States puts on weight. And I was like, I was the one, right? So now the exactly same thing happened to me. So I was like, I got to lose it. I went on a strict paleo diet. I started CrossFit. I kept running and I did lose the weight and I also lost the period. Um, see the pattern there, right? So did you, so when did, you said you had uh, several other symptoms as well, such as insomnia, yeah. and you said you didn't have your period for seven years or so while you were working out a lot um, mm -hmm. back at home. Did all those other symptoms come on immediately or were they more gradual? Were they on and off? Uh, what I remember really clearly was the insomnia. That was pretty much from the beginning when I started, when I really pumped up my running because I think part of it was also anxiety related because I always wanted to make sure that I get my run in before I do anything else. So I was already up like 5 a.m. in the morning, like, okay, can I, do I have enough time to run before I have to go to school, before I have to go to work? You know, this anxiety starting from the night before, do I wake up? And then later I just kept being up, you know, I was maybe able to fall asleep, but I was always up at 5 a.m., sometimes even 4 a.m., getting like four or five hours of sleep. But my main goal was to get my run in. So, um, yeah, that was definitely that something that started happening really quickly. The period went away really quickly. 
And then uh, one of the things was sex drive. There's no libido if you if you have no female hormones, normal normally functioning hormones. So that was totally. I was like in my early twenties. I had no interest in that. Uh, so these are the main things. But for other people, they can happen in a different order. Uh, they have they can have different symptoms. I know a lot of people lose a lot of hair, which personally for me did not happen. But that's also something that people are looking for answers from totally wrong places like I'm using wrong hair products I'm like no you're just under eating and over over exercising it's not your conditioner <laughs> this is uh such a common story I feel like you know in the fitness culture we glorify the person who wakes up really early and works out and is really disciplined but you know we see so many stories like this of people just taking it too far and the body retaliates so my question for you is you said initially none of the doctors knew what was going on do you think there's been a change in the perception <clears throat> of uh, this type of condition uh, within the medical field do are people more understanding now that over exercising and dieting can cause these kinds of symptoms or do you think people are still really blindsided by this mm -hmm. I wish there was much more awareness. I, I feel like, you know, we're getting there. More and more people are talking about it. There are some like elite level athletes who have been talking about the same thing. A couple of marathon runners. Tina Muir is one of them. Um, you know, she, she, you know, so many people know her. She's been in different magazines. So these people, I think, are really important in spreading the message and talking more about those things. And I really hope that we are moving in the right direction. But unfortunately, still, there's so much misinformation. And like you said, too, we're glorifying this, like, wake up early, do more, do more, do more, that so many people don't want to even believe that this is the problem because they believe that exercising more is the thing that keeps you healthy. And they don't know the downside of it. They, they just don't see that these things can be related. Yeah, you know, I myself, you know, men obviously don't get hypothalamic amenorrhea, but we also can experience lower libido, low testosterone levels. And what I've been trying to figure out is, you know, how common is this problem? Do you have any idea how common hypothalamic, hypothalamic amenorrhea is? Mm. It's like, you know, one in 50 women who get it or, you know, out of all the say, you know, you go to a gym like a CrossFit gym. How many of those women would you expect to within? you know, one year develop that condition. Do you have any idea on the statistics or anything on this? You know, I don't. It's it's really, really hard to tell, mostly because this thing always goes either misdiagnosed. It often gets uh, diagnosed as PCOS, which is a whole different thing. Or people don't know that they have HA. I just call it HA because it's easier to say mm -hmm. it. Because also a lot of women are on the birth control pill and they get their, you know, quote unquote, bleed every I mean, period every month, which is not a real period. So they don't even know that they have this issue. And the third reason why we don't have statistics or, or numbers is that doctors don't know about it. They, they just they really don't know. Just like in my case, I went to see four doctors and they had no answers. So it's so sad that it's it's hard to tell um, how many people are suffering from it. But I mean, everybody is different and there are people who can handle very high volume and high intensity of exercise without having any issues. But definitely one of the things to look out for is like if there is a female body that is really, really lean that we are used to seeing as super healthy or we think it's super healthy, we have you know, all the things that we desire, visible abs and muscular shoulders and, and you know, low fat percentage in general. 
and it's somebody who like works out six days a week, there's there is a chance that they are not actually hormonally where they should be. But of course, we can never decide uh, based on only someone's appearance. But this is a really, really common thing, like low, low fat percentage, low weight. Yeah, that was one of my questions is, is there a certain weight that you think or a certain BMI or body fat percentage that could uh, predispose a woman to getting HA? And what weight were you at uh, when when you got HA? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, this again, everybody is so different. But there's, so to speak, like fertile zone. That's BMI of 22, 22 to 23, where people usually start getting their periods back. Many of them do. They have been like underweight. Maybe their BMIs have been like 17, 18, 19. And once they hit, you know, the 22... 23-ish, somewhere around there, this is where things start to get better. However, I personally found out what I have to do, was, which was to stop exercise, start eating more, when my BMI was uh, 22.1, which is right in the middle of the normal. So that's not a rule that everybody gets their peers back right there. So this is where I started my recovery. And so I, I had to gain weight so that my BMI was 24 actually close to 25 which is I put it in air quotes again uh, overweight and isn't it interesting that I am healthier when I'm <laughs> overweight than when I was normal weight so uh, this is not you know one one rule um, but yeah so many women are you know somewhere between like 17 to 20 and if if they don't have their periods and their BMIs are somewhere there then the Probably the reason is that they're under eating, they're over exercising. Yeah. And this sounds like it has to be a mental struggle. What was the hardest part of having this for, you know, seven to 10 years or however long you had it? Mm -hmm. Was it, you know, a physical issue that was the most difficult or mental or both? Mm -hmm. Well, I actually ended up having it 10 for 10 years. So after this eight years and then my first random period, I, I lost my weight again and I lost my period for another three years. Uh, so during that time, I think it was the physical exhaustion and feeling like, feeling like I don't know what's going on, like the brain fog, you know, forgetfulness. I don't know why I did, like, why did I put my keys in the refrigerator? <laughs> Just like random, random stuff. I was working on my PhD. I was, you know, you have to read a lot of articles. You have to write a lot of articles. I'm like staring at my computer screen. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's like really like my mind, it was very, very hard. Um, you know, just cognitive functioning actually was huge. And then I know a lot of people get injured. I, I was really lucky that I, I never got injured because when your body is weaker, because you were asking so much from it, it just can't protect you from all kinds of injuries and illnesses anymore. So you get more sick, you get more injured. That's what happens to a lot of people. Again, I personally luckily didn't have that. But um, and also just, you know, the mental pressure of having to maintain this weight that we have just taken out of like thin air that I have to be you know, my number was 62 kilos and I can't be more than that. If I'm more than that, I'm going to have to run more tomorrow. You know, just this mental struggle every day, stepping on the, on the scale and kind of judging yourself in your head, like, okay, things are good or things are bad. How should I eat today based on the number? How should I work out tomorrow based on that number? 
So it was mental struggle for sure. Yeah. And when that gets reinforced over and over again by everyone, because we see those images, that body type, and we think, oh, those people are doing something right. So when it's reinforced, it's probably even harder to come out of it. Uh -huh. So my question for you is, did you ever have an aha moment where you realized that, you know, I need to change something or something worse is going to happen? I mean, when did you start your recovery and how did that, what did that look like? Yeah. So I started my recovery at the end of 2016. Uh, I had seen a chiropractor, uh, sorry, uh, acupuncturist for another reason, totally different reason. And then we started talking about these things. And he was like, wait a minute, you haven't had your period for 10 years other than this one random one. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, why? And I didn't know. No doctor knew. How was I supposed to know? Right. And so he's like, you know what? Uh, I think you should try to, you know, take it a little bit easier and with your workouts and do a little bit less, although you don't look too skinny to me. And, and I really wasn't right. Like too super skinny. And honestly, by that time, when I heard that from him, it was a little bit of relief because I had gotten to the point with my workouts where I was just really exhausted and really tired of like getting myself to the gym. But I did it every day because, you know, that's what you've done for the 10 years. You keep doing it and that's that's your life and that's you kind of feel like that you have to. And so hearing from him that it was kind of like a permission, honestly. I know a lot of women are like, oh, I hate that I have to take this break from workouts. But for me, I was getting so exhausted. I was tired and I even tried to join like a group fitness class to, to have something to keep me accountable because I felt like I can't do it on my own anymore. I can't you know, work out by myself anymore. So I was like, oh, yes, now I can, you know, at least go for slow walks and I don't have to like sweat or do like hit workouts, although I love them. I was really tired. So um, that was like the moment for me. And I really enjoyed the long walks for a while. And it was great. And I was like feeling how I'm getting more and more rested. And then I realized that, oh, is that how I'm supposed to feel like all the time? It feels really awesome to sleep like eight hours and wake up and feel like, oh, I want to do things, you know, instead of being brain foggy and, and tired all the time. So that was definitely something. And I also um, started reading a little bit more about this condition and found out the bone density component. So the thing is that when you don't ovulate, and it's actually more about ovulation, not so much about a period, because um, when we don't ovulate, our bodies lack estrogen. So we can't build bonus the way we should be building our bone density. And so very many women who have had hypothalamic amenorrhea for years have now either osteopenia or osteoporosis. And uh, interestingly, just this morning, I was talking to an older lady who told me she must be over, she must be like mid 60s right now. And she said that she from 1970s she hasn't had her period and now she's like she was diagnosed with very severe osteoporosis she's having like incredible pain and uh, she doesn't know what to do about it so that was i was shocked to hear that i knew it but you know hearing it from someone who's experiencing it right now and thinking that this could potentially be my future in 30 years it's it's freaking scary honestly yeah, I actually didn't know that uh, it involved not ovulating as well, although that makes sense. And we see how important hormones and estrogen is for your overall health and your bone health. So that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Is there a uh, particular type of person that gets hypothalamic amenorrhea or would you put more of the 
cause to the workouts themselves? Uh, I think if you're a perfectionist, then you're more prone to, to getting HA because you want to do everything perfectly. Um, I know you have been overtraining too. I don't know if you did anything similar, but I, I remember when I had a goal of running one hour, it had to be one hour and it could not be 55 minutes, right? One hour is one hour. Or if I, my goal was to run 10K, I can't stop at like nine kilometers and 50, 500 meters, right? So it's like a perfectionist and you have to do it like every single day and you can't let go of this idea that nothing crazy is going to happen if I skip my workout, you know, nothing crazy is going to happen if I eat something out of my regular diet, right? So this perfectionism, wanting to do everything great, wanting to do everything like really well are definitely some of the very common um, features, I guess. And then a lot of people have self-esteem issues. They don't know where they are in their lives, who they are. I think that was total me too. Uh, I now looking back, I can tell that I was like studying the wrong thing. I was around the wrong wrong people. I wasn't feeling like who I, I didn't know who I am. And so I had a lot of depression in my life and just overtraining was one way to cope with that. You know, that was at least something that I was doing well. I could train well. I could like stay consistent. I would eat like my really clean diet. And so that, that was something that kept me on some sort of track. You know, I had something that I was able to control. Yeah, I've experienced the perfectionism as well. And, you know, I've read a little bit about how eating disorders develop. And the thing is, we have diet culture can affect everybody, but not everyone develops disordered eating and hypothalamic amenorrhea and all these things from ex being exposed to the messages that we see. So I definitely agree that. I lost you for a second. I can't hear you. Hey, I am really sorry about that. I think my computer died. Oh, okay. No <laughs> worries. Like restarted. Um, okay. okay. So where was I? Um, I think perfectionism has been understood as one of the personality traits of the person with eating disorder. So I remember how you said you gained all this weight uh, in your second year of studying and that created a lot of shame and so on. So I think this is something people need to be really aware of is their relationship with their bodies because a lot of our uh, behaviors are motivated by these types of subconscious beliefs. So that's why I find your story really interesting. And I personally think that millions of people are affected by this. And I agree that it is not well known and understood. Um, and when it comes to women's health, it's like so many people do not have regular periods, don't ovulate normally because like, like you said, the birth control pill and also stress. So do you have any tips for stress reduction? I know that for you, you said uh, gaining weight helped, but what I'm trying to figure out is what are all the factors that are involved here? I know that body fat is, so did all your symptoms start to resolve once you gained body fat or were there specific things you did that helped? Yeah, uh, the problems or the, the symptoms gradually started to go away. I started to get less and less of them as I started eating more and putting on some body weight and body fat. And actually, I want to also make, make it clear that it's, it's more about body fat than it is about body weight because I get my, my clients sometimes, sometimes ask me, so can I just train more and put on muscle? 
will that help me? Because then my weight will go up. I'm like, no, that's not it. You need, you need body fat percentage. And, you know, it's a thing like we're, see, we, we always think that there's something wrong with having like a stomach fat or cellulite, whatever, but there's nothing wrong about that. It's actually a healthy thing because a lot of our hormonal hormones are, are produced in fat cells. We need fat cells. So without body fat, um, these things are not going to happen. So the main thing, yeah, that you have to do is start eating more and, and cut back your exercise. Even if you eat so much more that it would cover the energy expenditure via the exercise, you still have to eat more because and you still have to stop exercise for a while too. Because when you work out a lot, you get this cortisol output. And a lot of us who are like uh, long distance runners, we have this like constant cortisol output all the time. And that will also um, mess up our normal uh, hormone, like female sex hormone production. So you want to reduce your exercise. You want to eat much, much more without pretty much any restrictions, really. And this is something that's very, very hard for many women. Um, not only women, but also men, obviously. Uh, so just let go of any rules that you've heard, like, okay, how many carbs is that? How much fat is that? None of those things matters. What matters is that you get a lot of calories, that you get rid of those mind mind blocks that you have about food and eating. And that's really your 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 medicine right now if you're struggling with HA, because it's kind of like your, I don't know, like tooth toothache won't go away until you fix this issue, right? It's not going to go away. So in that case, food is the main thing that you can heal your body with. And yeah, stopping exercise, also finding ways to reduce your mental, emotional stress, whatever is stressing you out. Maybe you could like ask your family members to do some things for you so you're not doing all the million things yourself or, or reduce your workload a little bit so you can sleep in maybe a little bit more or, or take more days off. I know it's hard to do, but it's not impossible. So. I, for example, I'm a personal trainer and I used to teach really early morning classes that started 5.30 in the morning. And I was like, my sleep is was a mess. And, and to recover from HA, I just had to ask another trainer, hey, would you do this for me? Because I, I need my time right now for recovery. So before saying that, no, this is not impossible. I can't do anything about it. You know, try, maybe you can ask help. It's okay to ask help because you're doing it for your, for your health, for your health now and for in long-term. Yeah, that echoes my experiences very well. I also woke up really early to train people, did a lot of HIIT workouts and yep. started to embrace uh, fat gain. And what's interesting is a lot of women who transition from or try to recover from an eating disorder, they often try to do it through like the muscle building way. And it takes a lot of time for people to accept that fat is actually crucial for hormones because a really important point that you made is that your fat cells actually help you produce a lot of these hormones that you need for reproductive health but health everywhere in the in the brain as well yeah so that clearly sounds like you have you know in, you know recovered mentally and physically so i guess uh how do you train now i mean do you work out as much how do you maintain all this recovery that you've had because i'm sure you know it's possible to relapse so what do you do to maintain your health uh and not relapse currently mm -hmm. that's a great question it took me so long to figure it out honestly so my first recovery period was last year in may so over a year ago and uh 
you know, a lot of people want to jump back to working out right away. They're like, Ooh, I'm healthy now. Let's go again. And then they start doing like hit workouts again. And this is a like a big no, no, don't, don't do it. Like wait at least a couple of cycles before starting introducing any exercise back again. You can still walk. You can do yoga. Just chill. Keep chilling. Do the things that gave you the period back. And, you know, the same things help to maintain it. So once your body starts to trust you more and it feels like, okay, the food is still coming in. I'm still pretty, you know, relaxed. Then you can start introducing some exercise. And what I don't recommend is HIIT training and then long, long cardio or like steady state cardio because of the cortisol, like I mentioned before. And what I would recommend more is maybe start with some light strength training, maybe body weight training, or you can add some weights, but maybe just like twice a week or so, and then see how your cycle is, if everything is happening normally, and then go from there, maybe gradually start adding some, some workout days if you want to. Um, the way I personally train right now, um, I, I did it wrong too. At first, I did it wrong. So I started training... I was so excited about getting back to working out and what I did was like I took two heavy weights and started training with them without realizing that okay six months had passed by and I was not ready for it so I actually ended up injuring myself which is another issue so don't do that uh, but also I notice every time when I've had a couple of more intense workouts or if I have tried a little bit of jogging my cycle gets like way too long again and that's, that's an indicator that it was probably too much stress. So what I'm doing right now is roughly three days a week, I do some light body weight training, simple things, squats, lunges, push-ups, pull-ups, everything with body weight, long breaks. So I feel that I'm really, really recovered before I start my next set. And then I walk every single day because that's just something that I really enjoy. So about an hour, hour um, of walking every day, that's that what seems to work for me. But everybody needs to figure it out. Um, just don't start running or hit training right away. So you have a course now, correct? You teach people, what is your course about exactly? You teach women how to uh, accept their bodies and so on to recover from HA? Yeah, so it has. Uh, it's about recovering from HA and has all the practical tips that you have to do, how to eat, what to eat, uh, what to do about your workouts, how you can still move your body. Um, and also a big chapter about how to reduce your uh, mental and emotional stress. But yes, I put in like a big part of like a body image or body acceptance, because this seems to be the hardest part for people. Because I mean, everybody, you know, we all like to eat like chocolate and ice cream. We just don't like the weight gain, right? So that's not the problem that we don't want to eat. We don't want the weight gain. So you have to get your mind to the place where you accept the fact that, yes, you are absolutely going to gain some weight and you just have to accept it and live with it. So there's a bit of, pretty big part about that, how to deal with this body image and negative thoughts about your body. And... Uh, yeah, I think it's this course literally has everything that you have to know if you have hypothalamic gamenorrhea and you want to you wanna get healthy again. That's great. Do you have any final thoughts for young people who are you know, starting to get fit and healthy and what they should look out for to maintain their health? Mm. Yeah, just uh, be really critical about the information that you're taking in. You know, there's so much of, like we talked about before, do more, 
work out more days, do it more intensely. If you're not like sore or in pain, you're doing it wrong. Or if you don't have like a really lean body, you're doing it wrong. You have to push it harder. But like, listen to yourself really too, because your body is talking to you all the time. And it's, I think it's really awesome. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, my body is like so weak or it doesn't want to do the things that I want it to do or like they're hating their bodies for not looking a certain way. I think your body is in your team, actually. So don't fight it. Just listen to it more and take breaks when you need it. And don't just run after this certain body type. It's it's not, there's not like happiness is the destination. It's like there when your body fat is like 12%. That's not really the case. And just like, you know, don't, if you feel like you don't recover, if you feel like you're getting this brain fog, you're like hungry all the time, all these symptoms, you have to reduce your exercise and you have to um, also focus on other things in life than exercise because that can't be your life goal to be as skinny as possible, right? Well, I think this is a really valuable message. So once again, thank you for being on the show. I think this was really, really useful. Thank you so much for having me. That is a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me for this first live interview for the Stop Being Confused About Health podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Kirsten's hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery course, all of that information will be provided in the show notes, which is available at stoppinginfusedbuthealth.com forward slash podcast. And you can also go to her Instagram, Kirsten Kimura, K-E-R-S-T-E-N-K-I-M-U-R-A. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Stay balanced, my friends. Oh, 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 oh,